0: Good evening, and welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Roy. If you are new to this podcast, welcome. Friday Night Fireside Chats is a time to slow down and reflect at the end of what might be a busy week. And just taking a time to allow yourself to decompress um, and conclude the evening and enter into the weekend with a greater sense of rest. For tonight's topic I will be talking about sharing some thoughts around self-love. Now this topic is inspired by my own personal journey and experiences with coming to being able to love myself, to really like myself and fall in love with myself. And as a r- reminder of this journey in, in the work that I do with my clients. And so I think perhaps a place I would like to start is I guess the struggle in the beginning to even be able to love myself because that was something that for a good portion of my life I did not experience Uh, but in fact my identity and value and self-worth were based on what I could do the quality of work that I could accomplish so very much performance-based and very perfectionistic and very much self-conscious always thinking well what are other people gonna think of me what are gonna think what are they gonna think of this and how can I do this in a way that pleases other people and no more did I notice this lack of self-esteem and self-love than I did in romantic pursuits. There, there was a time in elementary school where there was a there was this girl in my elementary school. and uh, I would say that was the first. Probably the first person that I ever really liked, and you know, this is elementary school. Kids don't really know exactly what they're doing. Um, You're just like, hey, I I like you, want to be friends, or hey, I I like this person, and had a couple of friends where I think one day we, for whatever reason, just decided to all share. Who, uh, who we had a crush on, and it's it seemed like there was just this unspoken assumption of, all right, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about who we have a crush on, and that's that. Uh, but unbeknownst to me, one of my friends uh, actually ended up telling the girl that I that I liked that. I like her, and when I found out <laughs> i was I was pretty upset. I was like, you weren't supposed to tell that to her. This was just between us like we were, we were just talking that's all that we're doing um so obviously i you know sought revenge on him and decided to tell the girl that he liked that he likes her, ah oh, man. Good memory, but uh, I bring that story up because it it being kind of that first experience of me liking a girl who, because my friend had told her that I liked her, directly asked me, you know, who do you like? Um... And being an elementary school kid, you know, still being very, I guess, I don't know, shy or awkward with all of that stuff, you know, as an elementary school kid, it's to be expected. I said, the person I like is the person that my friend told you (laughs) that I like. I couldn't say, uh... I like you. I think I probably would have exploded. So I just said, the person that I like is the person that my friend told you that I like. And she kind of just mulled over that (laughs) for a little bit and then said, I like you too. And I outwardly, I didn't even say anything. I just nodded my head. With a mouthful of um, corn dog, <laughs> this was, I think probably what I was eating that day for lunch. Uh, I just nodded my head and then I got up <laughs> I got up and left. And I on the inside though, was absolutely I was soaring. And right after that, I went straight to recess and played. Uh, this is a game called Foursquare. So I played this game with, called Foursquare. I don't. I don't even remember the game. Like if I played well, um, and even if I didn't, I probably didn't care because it was like, oh, the my crush actually likes me back, and th- that was thrilling. You know, to experience just as, not even just as an elementary school kid, but just as a kid, as a living being. To kind of e- express something to someone and have it reciprocated. Um, now there was there was a sad ending to that that really had nothing to do with either one of us. Um, but it was more a interruption and a blocking uh, from my own. From my own mom and kind of the whole idea was you know hey your your kid like shouldn't really be uh shouldn't really be you know focused on this kind of stuff you know just like pay attention to your schooling you know work hard there and you know you can worry about girls some other time and that was I won't go into the stories of that, but uh, that was that was really crushing, and I think that, among other experiences, left me with a sense of, um, unconsciously, I kind of internalized the sense of what I want, I can't have, what I want is, you know, somehow I, I should be ashamed of that. And I think therein came this sense of uh, eventual buildup of lower and lower self-esteem because the sense was, you know, this, this honest expression of desire, uh, enjoyment of someone is, is now tainted. And so perhaps that also means something about me is tainted. And clearly from that point on, in terms of pursuing romantic relationships, there's always been kind of that same nervousness uh, as an elementary school kid. But after that experience with my mom's interruption, um, I think I always questioned my right to be able to pursue romantic interests and so even though I did many many times the uh, the the self-esteem was not there and not to say that as an elementary school kid when my crush said that she also liked me back uh, I'm sure there's a possibility that if she said she didn't um, that might also have a blow to my self-esteem uh, it's hard to say you know can't really know since that wasn't what happened but uh, the experience thereafter you know, and my mom's interruption certainly had that impact. And there was, there was an aspect of, I think, codependence that I developed where my sense of self-worth really became rooted in other people's approval. And there's, there's plenty of history and reasons, experiences that play into that, not just romantic pursuits, not just my mom's interruption in that one instance, but all of them kind of compiled together really struck home this sense of, ah, I'm just, I'm just not good enough, I'm not worthy, and so therefore I need to, the, this feeling is awful and I don't want it there, so I, I need to do everything in my power to be the exact opposite and that was through work that was through performance action and that is that that is an element that i think other people can sense um i imagine if you were to consider you know, who in your life you respect, you could probably think of a few people. And I imagine if you were to think of a few people in your life, whether close or not close, uh, people who you, not that you don't respect them, but you, you don't really, I guess, See them as people with a strong sense of solidity within themselves. I'm sure you could think of a few people as well. And for me, for most of my life, that was the case. I was definitely the latter. And with this aspect of codependence where it's like oh you know my my identity is based on other people and their approval of me i i brought a lot of that baggage into these romantic pursuits um in high school that was when i had my first girlfriend and it was amazing feeling but uh there also was a point where probably wasn't that long maybe month or two max uh into the relationship she had voiced that you know she kind of wanted to break up and i remember just completely losing it crying um contacting her friends just begging them it's like you know please please talk to her tell her you know to to reconsider and um eventually we got back together and then you know later the relationship ended um but it was it was very crushing an experience and then later in college uh, an instance of a girl who i really liked uh, we didn't even have a boyfriend girlfriend relationship it was more so this one sided, like, Oh, I really like you. Um, and when she kind of left, um, I, I cried for, I think probably was two weeks and by, by left, I mean like there, there was another guy that got her attention um it was not me you know i was not chosen and so for 2 weeks i was crying about it and to think back about it now i'm i'm like gosh roy 2 weeks really um but i i can have that compassion for myself as well it's like you know you only knew what you knew at that time And at that time, you know, this, the perception was that she was, she was everything. Um, But that being another stark, stark indication of, man, so much value and self, so much value and sense of worth is being located in another person's approval of you. Another, like, if you can be in this relationship if they would accept you and mutually reciprocate this uh, this relationship, then you have value. Then it means you're you know you're finally good enough. Uh, that happened a few more times in grad school. Uh, you know, three consecutive women and three consecutive uh kind of no um just just want to be friends response and it, it took all those experiences like it was after the third one that i i just was exhausted and for the first time pissed off that that was the difference was um well, that's not completely true. I think the there were times before where I was also pissed off at the, the women that I liked and it wasn't reciprocated and they went for another guy. Um, I think I felt anger then as well, but it was more repressed. I think this time for the f- third person that I tried with and was not reciprocated in grad school, I, I really tapped into that anger and um just had this sense of like you know what women just suck and you know they they don't know what they're missing they don't know what they want um how could she etc etc and i at that time you know in grad school was in grad school for my master's in counseling and so there's There's a part of our program that requires that we do our own, um, our own counseling. You know, the whole idea is, you know, you need, you need to know what it's like to sit in the chair as a client. Otherwise you have no right to counsel somebody because you need to know what it's like to be in that seat. And I really appreciate that, that approach. Um, so at the same time, going through my grad school program, also doing my own counseling, And then later branching out to other, I guess you call them healers, coaches, whatever you want to refer to. But people who work in this field of bringing greater self-understanding. And it was working with one of these people um, that I really had to face my self-hate and self-loathing because that was at the core of the low self-esteem and the desperate attempts to try to find my worth in a relationship and ultimately that that was probably one of the most scary sad Things to have to do. Um, I don't think that's something that I'll go into too much detail. Besides that, you know, it's it can sound a little vague. You know, what does that entail? Um, I think, long story short, it really is just looking at an honest mirror, really looking into the mirror and being like, okay, so. All I see is self-hate and self-loathing low self-esteem and I don't want to look at that but gosh this is the third failed attempt so I could say either all women suck you know a very convenient but also non responsible conclusion or I can say somehow I just seem to have a knack to for pushing women away and the common denominator in all these scenarios is me so what do I have to see and address within myself that I have not been willing to like this this is the straw that broke the camel's back so what what is going on here and at the end of it it was really getting to the root of the self-loathing and really really feeling into it feeling into that deep well of grief, hate anger and just I think almost it it did take a process like doing that for some time because uh, it is a process, but eventually there there is this organic evolution of self compassion, because there is this understanding that it's like I can't I can't make anybody like me, as I much as much as I hated to admit that and have to face that, that that was the truth. I can't make anybody like me. I can't make anybody love me and if somebody tried to do that with me i certainly would resent them for that and so the thought went well if i can't make anybody like me or love me you know and violate their own free will what what do i want to do about this and then came the sense of well if I can't make make anybody do that, and I I can't do that for my, and I can't or am not willing to do that for myself, that uh, that doesn't leave me with many options. And so I thought, well, what if what if I could do that for myself? What if I could? accept and love myself and this was it was possible to entertain that question and consider that after developing more self-understanding of where that self-loathing came from because it wasn't like i was born came out of the womb you know i'm pulled out the womb by pulled me out of the womb and the first thing that i say to them as they pull me out is i'm a fi- i'm a fucking piece of shit that i doubt any infant who is born said those first words as they came out uh from the their mother's womb and so through the process of my own counseling it's like okay i I'm beginning to see where these messages came from and, uh, can now begin to challenge them. It's like, Oh, okay. That's, that's where I made that conclusion. That's where I internalized it. And that brought about the shift. And so now at that point in my healing journey, asking myself, what if I could, what if I could love myself? i then kind of it was it was more of a visual experience um pictured holding my inner child uh, and he was just like this very frail and emaciated, abandoned wearing tattered rags, little kid um, and I just held him, and i told him like, you know, how, how big a deal it was that he was here, that he survived, that he made it and that he's still here, uh, that, that he went through a lot, you know, he had his ordeal. And by doing that for myself, being able to parent myself, you know, my younger self as my adult self that changed everything because i i really believe that the one that we're looking for you know, whatever it is in our life that we feel like you know I'm, I'm looking for i'm looking for this i'm looking for someone to give me meaning The one that we're looking for is ourselves. You are the one that you've been looking for all this time. You're that hero. You're that savior. It's not anybody else. And that that made all the difference. To be able to be my best friend. Knowing that, you know, I I came into this world alone, in in the sense that, um, you know, I'm I'm the I'm the single infant that came through my mom's womb at that moment in time. Uh, it wasn't like somebody else was in the womb with me. I'm like, all right, you know, here, here we go. We're, we're, we're coming out here together. And same goes for when, when I die, when I pass and transition from this, this current incarnation of life and consciousness. You know, I can have loved ones around my deathbed, um, but in the end, that journey of death is, is still mine to take. You know, others are not coming with me. And so I thought, you know, if, if there's always going to be moments in my life where I, I will be alone, and even if I were in a romantic partnership, there are still times where I'll be alone. There might be times where I actually really want to be alone as much as I may love my partner. Um, I don't necessarily want her to be there in every aspect of my life 24-7. I would want my own time. And so it's like, if, I, if I'm inevitably going to experience times of being alone, I might as well be able to actually enjoy myself and actually like myself. Because otherwise it's all about avoidance. And that's, I think that's the aspect that I see that not just with my clients, but so many in our people, in our world, that that seems to be the struggle. Self-acceptance, self-love. And we have all these ways in which we turn to other people or things, activities, maybe it's possessions, maybe it's our job. Something to give us a sense of value, not just meaning or like purpose. Oh, okay, you know, I have a purpose here, but, but a sense of value that, you know, because I have this person in my life or I have this object or I have this job, it means I'm not a complete failure and I think there's definitely a good number of people where they, maybe not consciously, um, but maybe subconsciously live their lives that way. That, That there's this subconscious need to justify their value and their worth. And that on a deeper level, it's not because... Um, they necessarily hold a lot of believe they carry a lot of value and an inherent worth but it's almost like this overcompensation of no I need to do all these things I need to have this person I need to have this material or have I need to have this job whatever it is because if I don't I can't bear bear what I would have to deal with I can't bear the idea and the feeling of having to be with myself, the part of me that actually hates me, and the part of me that actually doubts that I have any value just for being who I am. And I think something I wanna to offer to anybody who feels that, who can relate to that, is to face that honest mirror to look into that honest mirror and to really work with that self-loathing and the origins and roots of that where those messages came from is a very painful journey there's a lot of tears um, a lot of anger and i can't tell you how impactful it was and continues to be to have been able to look into that mirror and really do that work. I I would not try it. That pain, the grief, the tears, the anger, were so worth it to get to this other side that I could not see at the time. I didn't know where I would be now. But all that all that heartache, you know and how most of this I was talking about was based on uh, romantic mm-hmm. pursuits, all those failed attempts, all those tears over, these women and unrequited affection was worth it. Because looking back now, I'm like, those failed attempts were the key ingredients to actually get me to face myself, to actually get closer to the core of my troubles. Because if I didn't have those failed attempts, uh, I would likely perhaps not ever had to dive this deeply into my own psyche and into my own soul. And I have, um, I had this image uh, and it was a very poignant moment when I expressed this. Uh, but this is this was a time when i was talking with a circle of friends um, about how i imagined god's love for me i would say my my spirituality certainly has shifted since that time but at the time when i was when i was trying to communicate with them like what i believed god's love for me felt like I had talked about this, you know, this young child that's trapped under a building that has collapsed uh, due to an earthquake. And then I said, you know, and, you know, God is this, this person, he's, he's on the outside and he's just pulling away at all the rubble. And he doesn't give a damn how long it takes to clear the rubble. Uh, he'll he'll be there all night, and the next day, and the next if he has to. To to scrap away and move away all that rubble just so he can pull me out. You know, because because he cares for me, and uh, I. I was like crying as I was sharing that imagery from where I am now. I look at that image and I for myself see it as I am that child that I described and I am also that man that I described. It is not to me. Anyways, I say this to me, you know, it can be different for other people. Um, But to me, I am that man that I've been looking for. I am that, quote unquote, savior or God that I've been looking for. And to be able to have that realization that I am the one that I've been looking for, I, I really can't put into words how that feels other than just to say it was worth it. Every damn tear, every shred of anger that I felt, it was all fucking worth it to find that piece of myself. And it's like, would I love validation from other people? Absolutely. And would I be okay even if I didn't receive it? Yes, I would. I would. And I think that... That shift when a person can love and appreciate and even just just simply like themselves, like, man, I just I like you. you know, I, I like spending time with you. That, that radiates out to the external world. Like other people see it and they feel it. And that's the difference between... You know, and this is talking about, let's just talk about men. Between a man who has that self-love and liking for himself compared to a man who does not, you know, if they're both pursuing, let's say, the same woman, chances are pretty high that she would go for the man who likes himself, who has that self-love and self-esteem. Unless, of course, she herself might have low self-esteem, then she might go with the other guy. But assuming she has that self-value and self-worth established well within herself, she's likely going to go for the guy who has it within himself as well. Um, Because the whole kicker for me of finally understanding this was if I don't even like myself I don't even respect myself I don't even love myself how the heck can I expect somebody else to do that for me like if they get a sense and they do often it's nonverbal I don't have that sense of self-love and self-esteem it certainly does not it just certainly does not sell me well like hey come on you know buy this thing that I don't even like just using that as a metaphor or analogy so ultimately I think much of my work is with my clients is around self-understanding and self-love and kind of for anybody out there who uh, wrestles with that I I have love and compassion for you because I can't say I know exactly how it feels for you, but I know that that feeling of anguish in regards to self-doubt, self-loathing, self-hate, and there's there's something on the other side of that and if you can look into that mirror you can jump into that well of your own grief anger confusion self-hate that you'll you'll find something else underneath all of that you know it, it might take some time you know to to bucket out that well of grief and anger uh But when you get there and can really embrace this, you know, this inner child within you and have compassion for for that part of you, that is likely when you'll notice something shift. Maybe in the beginning it doesn't even seem that big. But something will happen. And may you discover that the one you've been looking for is yourself. The love and acceptance that you've been looking for is from yourself. From you to you and with that we'll conclude tonight's episode thank you all for tuning in for tonight's episode if you want to learn more about the work that I do you can visit my website at www w.sacredwildman.com and if you would like to support the work that I do if you felt that it has had a positive impact in your life or it's just something that you feel hey I I really like what you do and I want to support it um, you can find a donation link on the homepage of my website and support in that way if you do thank you I appreciate all the support And even just you tuning in, I wish you all a great and restful Friday evening and a restful weekend.